Here we are, another podcast from Faith Baptist Church here in Visalia, which we call our FaithCast, and where we teach, we talk about things theological, practical, uh, who God is and how it should impact our lives. My name is Eric Norvick, and I'm one of the pastors here at Faith Baptist Church. And I have Dan, the other pastor here at Faith Baptist Church, uh, with us today, with me today. <laughs> you know, uh, that intro music yes, is really something great. else. I always feel like I'm watching like an 80s TV series it's great. or something. I know. We should keep it. You know, I would keep it if, it, if I didn't know that, you know, it comes with the, the, the thing we have, the Roadcaster Pro is what we're using to record this podcast, and it comes pre-installed. And so, I mean, this is a very popular podcasting platform. I'm sure yes. there's all kinds of podcasts out there. But, you know, it's catchy. I had a, someone tell me this past week that they really liked that intro music. So <laughs> if I get enough votes, you know, it's not bad to go retro. It's not bad. It's not bad. But it does feel very 80s. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's upbeat. It's happy. and It, it uh, is. It intro. We are working on, on on another intro, so we'll see when we if, if we get something we, we both like and we get it on here. We'll see if anyone else likes it. But yeah, once we get uh, the final product, I, I think what's going to happen is everyone's going to be like, "No, we <laughs> we really like the '80s <laughs> retro thing." So you know, uh, it may yeah. it may have to go there. Yeah. Anyway, so Dan Dan Castaneda, yes, yeah, who is on our yeah, that's right who's on our faith cast today, and we're going to talk about idols, mm-hmm. uh, what are idols, and and so this is the subject. Last time we talked about the fascinating history of psychology, you and I did, and that was fascinating. Uh, it, <laughs> it was. It was. It was, it was yeah. a good discussion, and I had lots of good feedback from it, but one thing that the psychologist begins with is a, you know, we talked about this, a very materialistic worldview. Yes. And as good materialists, you know, your problems are not your fault. That's right. You are a victim of your yes. biology or your upbringing or whatever. Your it's not your fault. Your yep. environment. Yeah. Yep. Today it's environmentalism. Yep. Environmental. <laughs> You're the product of your environment, yes. right? Which is different than environmentalism, but you know. But the Bible says something totally different. The Bible says that we have this horrible tendency to create idols. I was thinking of, you probably have this in your quote somewhere, but John Kelvin, who gets credited with saying this, I don't, I've heard some people say it wasn't Kelvin who said it, but I haven't found anybody who's substantiated that. But they always say Kelvin said that our hearts are idol factories. And, And that's what the Bible teaches. Yeah, I have. Right. I do have a quote right here. It says the human mind is, so to speak, a perpetual forge of idols. Yeah. So yeah, yeah idol factories. So idol factories. Yeah. yeah. So that that, that that and that was from Calvin. Yeah, that was from yeah. Calvin. Yeah. Well, so he did say it, just not quite the way I said it. Well, yeah. it's a, it, it means the same thing. It means the same thing. A forge yes. of idols. That's yes. right. And that's 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 true. And until you realize that, you're never going to be able to figure out how to deal with your issues. Yes. Uh, and and so this is really important. This is very central to responding mm-hmm. to who God is, and it comes. It starts with that fundamental reality that God is God. Yes, and everything else is not God. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. I, I was thinking about Sunday night yesterday, uh, and 
even today I was thinking a little bit about Sunday night, the discussion we had Sunday night about the simplicity of God and, mm. and the week before about the aseity of God and and the week before about the, what was that? We were in spirituality of God and then incomprehensibility. Yes. I think we started with comprehensibility. Yeah. yeah. And I was just thinking about how idolatry just flies in the face of all that. It, it does. It, it says... It says, God, you're not enough. When when God is the yeah. one who is self-sufficient, he is the I am. You know, you think about just the term I am and, and what that means. And, and God is the self-sufficient, self-sustaining God who needs nothing. Yeah. He he needs nothing. He does everything. Oh, that was the one. He's acting. That's the one we did before. Yeah, pure act. That's yeah, right. Yeah. His, his actuality. That's God, right. God is pure act. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was thinking about that in light of you know this this whole topic of idolatry and just what happens in idolatry is you take the God, the only God of the universe, and you set him aside. Mm. And you say, you are not enough and you cannot, you're, you're not sufficient for what yeah. I need. And it's really, yeah. you think about that and, and I mean... You think about that, and it's just such a slap in the face to God. It, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's a pretty good definition. Is that your working definition? What is your working definition for idols? What What is an idol? Well, it, you think about in 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 our counseling, you know, we always hear this, that an idol is anything that I'm willing to sin to get or sin to not get. I'm, I'm, I'm sinning because I don't have it, mm-hmm. you know? Anytime you're in that category of life and you just have to have something or you are something else that you're basing your contentment and satisfaction on and you're either willing to sin to get it or you're sinning because you don't have it or maybe even you're sinning because you don't want it. Hmm. Sometimes situations are like that, right? Right. Then that becomes an idol. Yeah. That, That is something that we are basically calling a functional God. Yeah, that's that's right. And that's what, you know, the idea of an idol is. It is something in the image of God or something that stands in the place of God. And it is something that you are choosing to worship instead of God. Yes. And so like you're saying, it is a slap in the face of God. It is to put something up there and say, you know, behold your God. Yes, you know, yes, that's exactly yeah. right. That's what exactly what Moses or, or Aaron did. You know, yes. when Moses came down, and and well, before Moses came down, that's what he did when he created that golden calf. Mm-hmm. And then you know, <laughs> that because it's an interesting passage of of scripture there. You know, where where Moses delayed, and I remember doing a word study on that word delayed, and where, where Moses is up there, he's on, on on he's meeting with the Lord. You know, and. While while he's up there in in the, in the high holy mountain with Yahweh, basking in the glory of Yahweh, here's the people down below delaying. And that word delay can can have the idea of shame, and it. it's like a, it's like a mm-hmm. shameful thing, almost like they were abandoned. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the, the the nuance there. Like our God has abandoned mm-hmm. us is, wow. what, is what they were basically saying. Yes. God God delayed. God doesn't delay. No. You know, Moses was the one delaying, but but it was but we've been abandoned. We've been completely left out. You're brought out into out of Egypt and abandoned. Yes. And so and so they create their own gods, and 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 mm-hmm. what you're saying is that you know God and they were saying God is somehow failed them. Yeah. Is insufficient in some God way. Has like left us. He's left us. Yes. He's he hasn't given given us what we 
what we need. Yeah. So or what we want. What we want. Yeah. So we remember that, you know, the the back in Egypt, you know, this is what Israel kept going back to, you know, where we had what, what the leeks and the onions, I think, is one of the things they described. <laughs> you know, they <laughs> they had we we had so much yeah. there, so much sufficiency. And here yes. we are, God, if you brought us out here to to die, what kind of God are you? Yes. You've heard this song by Keith Green, right? I am so sure. you want to go back to Egypt, right? Yeah, I have. <laughs> That's right. That's a good song. Yeah, like good old talking Keith Green. exactly about that yeah. thing. We want our leeks and onions, yeah. and we right. were safe and we were secure. Yeah. yeah, and this is what we want. And 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 the reality is, is that when we sin. That that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We 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 are saying, God, you're not enough. You 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 know, I want my leeks and onions. That that's yeah. what I really want. Right, my right. Like what what the Egyptians provided, you know, is better. You know, they were they were contrasting that with the manna that you know the Israel was. Yeah, our leeks and onions were better, and you know we had better variety of food or whatever and. And essentially, what they're saying is that you are not good enough. You're insufficient. Right. You are. Yeah. You're insufficient. But when you study, like you were saying, when you actually look at who Yahweh is, who God is, and you find out His very essence, His very definition is absolute sufficient. He's the only one who is sufficient. That's right. And that's what the word aseity means. It means He has life, or we we often say He's the Great I Am, or He's a self-existing one. Yes. And that that just means that He's perfectly sufficient. Because, it, or Jesus says it in John 15, I am the vine, mm-hmm. meaning that he's the source of all life. Like, he's the source of all sufficiency. And he said this a number, I'm the bread coming down from heaven. Like, he's the one who provides the living water. Yes. There is no other being who is, who is, who is the source of all life and all sufficiency. And, and, and so when we talk about idols, what we are doing is we are putting up something that is... On a, it's it's on a scale between God and in this image, it's it's laughable mm-hmm. and saying, oh, <laughs> "Behold your God." Yeah, you know th- this thing, this this object, this desire mm-hmm. is going to make me happier than what the all sufficient Creator of the universe. That's right. Is it could, could possibly make me? Yes, and, and that's what you know. I was thinking of that. I was looking at. I think it's in Isaiah 44.10, and God says, who, who fashions a God or casts an idol that is profitable for nothing? Hmm. Behold, all his companions shall be put to shame, and the craftsmen are only human. Let yeah. them all assemble, let them stand forth, they shall be terrified, they should be put to shame. And he goes on, he says, the ironsmith takes a cutting tool and works it over the coals. He fashions it with a hammer works it with his strong arm. He becomes hungry and his strength fails. He drinks no water and is faint. The carpenter stretches a line. He marks it out with a pencil. He shapes it with a plane, marks it with a compass. He shapes it into the figure of a man with the beauty of a man to dwell Mm. in a house. He cuts down cedars or chooses a cypress tree or an oak, lets it grow strong among the trees of the forest. He plants a cedar and the rain nourishes it and it becomes fuel for a man. He takes part of it and warms himself. (laughs) He kindles a fire, he bakes bread, he makes a god and worships it. Hmm. He makes it an idol and falls down before it. Half of it he burns in the fire. Over the half he eats meat, he roasts it and is satisfied, and he warms himself and says, Ah, <laughs> I am warm, I have seen the fire. 
and the rest of it he makes into a god, his idol, and falls down to it and worships it. And he prays to it and says, deliver me, for you are my god. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. That's, a, that's, that's a, the Lord exactly making fun of them. For, it's a complete joke. Yeah, it is. It's a complete joke. Right. It's... It's pretty obvious, you know. It's a, it's a good thing that you know in our day we're not we're not constructing images, right? We we don't we don't tend to do that, right? Right. We're we're not you know carving out gods and worshiping that, it as as good Christians. That's right. We don't do that. Yeah, we don't right? do that. Right. You know, and you think of <laughs> thinking about this. First John five twenty one. You know, the last you know verse in I think after one hundred and eight verses, you've got this verse in First John five twenty one says, "Little children." Keep yourselves from idols. Huh. And it's such an interesting verse because, number one, the, the term little children is used very selectively in the Bible. Jesus yeah. used it with his disciples, I think, in John. One 13. time. John one 13. Time? John yeah. 13. Yep. And he calls them, and that's after, after Judas has left. Mm-hmm. And, right and, after. And yep. Jesus says, my little children. Yep. And John takes that, and he uses that a couple times in mm-hmm. the book of First John. And here he says, my little children. So he's talking to believers. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's absolutely not talking about idol worship. Yeah. Because... You're, you're, it, talking, it, you're talking about actual... The actual the image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the image. He's which, not talking which about Which is idol in worship. that culture that John was writing to. Yes. That was that was a common thing, you know, yes. what, what you described in Isaiah 44. Yeah. But he's not talking to these people who are going out there and, and they're crafting... Images out of gold or carving it out of wood or, or whatever. When he says, little children, keep yourself from idols, he's talking to Christians. Yes. So there's something else else that yeah. he's referring to. Yeah, so there, maybe, there maybe it is possible for Christians to somehow craft idols. So what... You know, what, what flesh that out? What is what? Is, what do you think he means? What does that look like? You know, and obviously, you know, like we mentioned earlier, that they can be it can be anything. An idol can be anything that replaces God. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be wood, metal, stone. It's it's any idea, any concept, anything, any person. You know, when I say concept, for instance, I want my children to be good. Oh wait, hold on, that's a good thing. How is that an <laughs> idol? You know, that, that is a good thing, right? right? Right. We, we do want our children to be good. But doesn't God want our children to be good? And God wants our children to be good. Okay. So if I want so, my children to be good and God wants my children to be good, how right. how is that? I'm wanting what God wants. How is that an idol? Yeah, when I take that and make that the basis for my satisfaction in life, and I'm going to say, you know, I cannot be happy or content in life unless my children are good hmm. or my children are behaving the way I want them to. It can be anything. You know, it can be a work situation. I deserve that promotion. And if I don't get that promotion, then I'm not going to be a good employee here. Yeah, I'm just gonna do my right. do my job because I didn't get that promotion. It, it could be a you know anything. At least Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I say that name very carefully. Yeah, I know. These, she's gone a little bit sideways. She's gone a little bit sideways little, little, on us, yeah. but she does have. She she wrote the book yeah. Idols of the Heart. Yeah, that was a good book. And she she has a quote here in talking about idols, and she says, "So what do we know?" We know that the command to shun idolatry has not been abrogated or dismissed for the Christian. The Christian must carefully guard his or her heart against idolatry. And again, I'm not saying we need to be careful that we don't set up Buddha in our house. That kind of idolatry is easy to get rid of. I just throw it out. The kind of idolatry we need to be careful about is the idolatry of our hearts. What is it that we love? What do we worship? What do we serve? Another question to ask is, what is it that you're willing to sin in order to get, or willing to sin because you don't have it? See, anything that I'm willing to commit sin over is functioning at that moment as an idol, 
And John reminds us, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Hmm. And I think that is such a good, in a sense, summary of, of that whole concept of idolatries because we are always, we, we tend towards idols in our lives. And you know, that started in the garden with, yeah. with Adam and Eve. What does Satan say to Eve? Yeah, you, you can be like God. That's right. Right. And, and what was the lie that he was, in a sense, testing her with? Well, he was appealing to that. Des- well, so it's a rejection of the sufficiency of That's God. That's right. Is yeah. what it is. Like it how, is. How, how dare a God who is good keep you yeah. you know, from something? If he's a good God, yeah. he would let you eat whatever you want. That's, that's the crazy lie. Yeah, like, I know. That, you know. And then, of course, she's going, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. That fruit looks good, and yet, I, and yet he says, I can't eat it. That's right. Maybe he isn't a good God. Yep. And that's where, that's where it always comes down to. We, we question the goodness of God. Yeah. And we can, can you know, the, the sufficiency of God. And that's what Eve right. did, because she's like, well, that looks good. Yeah. Well, God's holding out on me. I, yeah. You know, and Satan's like, well, he just doesn't want you to be like him. He, right. He's holding out on us. Right. You know, and instead of going back and, and, you know, conferring maybe with Adam about what God had said, because he, you know, that, I'm assuming that Adam conveyed that. To I, her. I think so, yeah, because it she seems, seems like to it. have added to yes. that. You're not even you're not you, you're not, not even, even touch, to it. touch it, or Adam did. But either Adam added yeah. that, or she did it. But clearly, yes. that's not what God told Adam. Yes, she and, knew that. But she doesn't go back yeah. and check the word of God. Yeah, she just starts thinking, "Hey, God is holding out on me. Yeah, He's not sufficient. I I could be more than than I am, more than what He's made. Yeah. My life could be better." Than the life I have right yeah. here, right now. If you could just be self-actualized, Eve. <laughs> yes, right? exa- yeah, exactly. That's, that's what he's the doing. Master, the master <laughs> self actualizer right. Satan, yeah. you know, working right there. Yeah, that, and that's what self-actualization is. Yeah. It, yeah. It's reaching for for that, you know, fruit on the tree yeah, to right. make me like God. Yeah, or, or in, there is, you know, to make you God is, yes. is, is what it is. You know, Satan is projecting too, right? Because he, oh, yes. he's wanting, this is his entire goal. That's why oh, I got kicked out of heaven because he wanted the throne. He wanted yes. to be God. You know, it wasn't enough that he was the third, you know, greatest being. Well, fourth, I guess. You got Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father, God is one. <laughs> right. Three persons. Right. But, you know, Satan is wanting the very throne. Uh, highest of the angels. Yeah. And it wasn't enough for him. No. No. He's, he's not. Uh, yeah. He wanted to be above God. Yeah, I set my throne above. Yeah, you know that that was his goal, and and that's exactly where you know what what idolatry is. To me, I'm just sitting here thinking too. Isn't it fascinating that the first instance of idolatry in the Bible has nothing to do with an idol? Yeah, like a physical idol. Right. That's that's a really good point. It really is the the apple, or well, we say it's whatever the fruit the was. Fruit, yeah, was but it wasn't even the fruit. It had nothing to do with the fruit. It had everything to do with what. You know, Satan had had wormed into her soul with his lie. You can be like God. Yes. You know, you can be your own idol. You can you can do better than God. So very very interesting. That that is the the first sin. In fact, we could say that that's pretty much all sin. That is is, is you know denying the sufficiency of God in in some way. That's right. Or putting yourself it, it in is. place of God. Yeah. Yeah. Any time that we sin, because when we sin, what are we doing? We're we're really questioning what God has said, 
and and we're saying, you know what? I, I don't like that. I don't yeah. like what you just said there. I want my own way. Yeah. I want something here. And if I do this, I'll get it. Yeah. Or if I respond this way, I won't get that. Yeah. You know, I was just s- sitting here thinking of another, there's another quote here that I think is really fascinating. And it says, as we think about our idol, our idolatry, sometimes it's hard to put our finger on what that might be. And, and of course, it'd be easier to understand what our idols are when we look at our lives and see what it is that we're willing to sin in response to get or in response to. What we might sin in order to try to get or sin because we don't have. It's easy to do that to work backwards. So it's easy to work backwards when I find myself sinning to start start asking what is it that I really want? Why am I responding this way? Right. You know, no one ever says anything accidentally. No. You know, no one in a in a fit of rage people say things like oh I didn't mean to right. say that. Right. That that wasn't me. That yeah, you hear that, that a lot. That was that wasn't me. That wasn't me. Well, it absolutely was you. Yeah. And you start working back and you start thinking, well, what is it that I really yeah. wanted in that moment right. that I responded that way? You know, you something happens at home and you get instantly angry. You just, you're just a, you're a fire. Yeah. You're irritated. That's another word we like to use yeah. that is kind of lessens anger, but it's anger, right. irritation. Yeah, I'm, is I'm anger. frustrated. Frustrated. Yeah. yeah, that's another one. I'm frustrated. Yeah. So you're frustrated at home or you're irritated and the question is... What is it that I really want? Yeah. Because when you start asking those questions, it, it helps lead you to what is it that I'm really worshiping at this moment yeah. that that I really want? Well, I just want to I just want to be able to watch the football game and the kids yeah. keep coming in and interrupting me. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I want to see this. You know. Right. Right. And that, that you know that that can seem a legitimate thing to want. Because, you know, you've been working hard, you've been, you know, out how, how many days, you know, at work, how many hours at work, providing for the family, and this is your one, your yeah. one day to, to, to just relax, That's and right. come on, can't, can't I just relax? And so when you look at it like, like that, it, it, it doesn't sound unreasonable, but there's something, there's something uh, deeper than just that football game. Yes, there is. Yeah. And, and, and that is that somehow you deserve that's right this yes i've earned this i've earned this yeah. this is my right to have this that's that's a great word this is yeah, my this right. is my my right yeah. and and you're stepping on my right mm-hmm. you're stepping on my, my sovereignty that's right right you you this is so essentially when you know your kids come in and interrupting you all the time they're declaring war on your turf on, on your turf yeah that's these, right. these are, you know, these are two countries now that <laughs> you've you've yeah. invaded, you've invaded, and and so then the the eruption. Yes, and and I think you're right. Like when you ask, what is it you want? A lot of people will stop at that, you know, that that higher level, the fruit level, and never really get down to the. I just got to stop being angry. Just got to stop being angry. Just got to right? stop being frustrated. Right. 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 There are people that try and attack that that way, but you never get. You're never able to conquer that because you never get to the root. Right. And the next time something happens, you know, they go, "Well, I just need to count. I just need to count to ten, and then I will, you know, get back. Right. Right. Know, I'll get back to you after I count right. to ten. Yeah, let me. Right. Just I just need to cool down. And the the cool down the cool down thing. I mean, sure. Some, some it it definitely can calm your 
your temper and you, yes. you can come back and you can deal more calmly and rationally and all that. But that doesn't actually deal with a heart like, issue. With, with a heart issue. Yeah. And this is the real issue is what is, what is going on there that is so godlike hmm. that you've got to defend yeah. that thing as if you are a soldier in the army of that God. Like, I mean, here you are, you're tired, you're, you're exhausted after a long week. They come in, they're interrupting you, and all of a sudden you get all energy in the world as you erupt <laughs> in rage and you're going to war. Like, what yeah. could possibly be, be doing that? And that those are the questions you have to ask. So, and I think that's a good good question to ask. What are some root issues that that we could be wanting in in a scenario like that, or or in other scenarios? What what are some things that 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 are common that people seek after? Yeah, I mean, you you, you know, you think about okay, let's think about the you know, watching. I want to be entertained, or maybe I just want some downtime. I want some me time. And and I think, you know, hey, praise God for for stay-at-home moms yeah. that are, are willing to stay at home and, and raise their families. Mm-hmm. And even for stay-at-home moms, this can be a great idol. I need to have my me time. And if I don't get my me time, then I get cranky or I get irritated, mm-hmm. angry. Right. And yet, yet, biblically, that's become a functional idol if that's your response. Is it wrong to say, hey, I'd just like to spend a little time away. No, it's not It's not necessarily wrong to do that. But if you're going to make it a demand and say, I am not a complete person or I cannot function in life unless I get my me time, yeah. then that becomes idolatrous because you're saying that this is what I have to have in order to function in the way God wants me to function. Right. Basically, you're saying, I have to have this. You're not depending on the spirit. You're, you're not trusting in the spirit to help you deal with life. You're actually looking to something else. Uh, I have to have some peace and quiet, or you know, Mama's not happy. And if yeah. Mama's not happy, nobody's happy. Yeah. So, but isn't there some truth to that? I have to. For example, you know, a, a new mom and a baby that doesn't. <laughs> and I, of course, you know, I have seven boys. Mm-hmm. I've been through this a number of times. And, and I'd like to think that we, we've, we've gotten down to some kind of a, a system as, as, we, as we figured it out moving on. But I remember the first one, it was Micah. I remember that feeling like, would you just go to sleep? I'm exhausted. And then, and then we're in an apartment and, and, and the neighbors are pounding on the, on the door, like, shut your kid up. And I'm like, I'm trying. And I'm like, you know, the, and I remember the anger that's yeah. coming up, and, 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 you know, I just need to sleep. Isn't, isn't that a legitimate thing to say? Well, I, I, need, I need to sleep. Yeah, we do need to sleep, right? But, but there's also the Lord who can help you interact and navigate yeah. with any given situation. You know, I always, one of the passages that I really like to go to a lot and just thinking about difficulties and trials is Second Corinthians chapter 4, where Paul is talking, and you think about all the things that Paul went through and all the things that he struggled with and suffered with. Mm. He says, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed 
always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. You know, obviously, if you're never sleeping, then you, you've got to get some sleep, right? Right. To, to be able to function in terms of just functioning, because <laughs> we have to have sleep. God's given us sleep. Right. But there are times when, when we may face some sleeplessness. It's not going to be perpetual, but, but God in his grace can help us to navigate those difficult days mm. and, and, those, and those difficult times. And you think of everything that Paul went through, and, and he says, man, we are facing perpetual trial one after the other, but yet we are not destroyed. Yeah. You know, we're not given over to despair because we're, you know, we are trusting in the Lord and, and we're demonstrating in our life that the power belongs to God and not to us. Yeah, I think that's Paul is 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 the go-to example of 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 exactly that, you know. This is you know, but people will say, "Well, that's Paul." Cuz Paul Paul went through all of that and he right. wasn't destroyed and, and even sleep you know, I think of the shipwreck like he they were up all night with the yes. with the wave whatever and I mean, they went a long time. They did. And Probably days. D- days. Yeah. So just sleeplessness. Yes. And so he experienced that. And so he knows what he's talking about. He's been through it all. And he ends up in a prison cell and ends up, you know, being murdered, probably by Nero, eighty sixty two or something like that. Right. But, but, you know, you think, well, that's Paul. You know, he was just an unusually strong man. But then, you know, I'm reminded of Colossians 1, verse 29, he says for... Well, verse 28 says, We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose I uh, also I labor, striving according to his power. Yes. Which mightily works mm. within me. Yes. So Paul is not saying, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a tough guy. No. It is the power of... Of Christ, and that's what we're what, what we're talking about. And yes. and so when we when we look at idolatry, what we're what we're saying is that there's something in the place of God, and, and it can be in so many ways. Even even our own ability to endure hardship, mm-hmm. yes. you know, like like you know, pulling up ourselves by our own bootstraps, or or you know, this you know, being being manly as men and enduring mm-hmm. these hardships as if it's somehow within us that we have the ability. But we see with Paul is that he was constantly leaning and turning to the source of all power in all life in all help in 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 setting aside any any self-sufficiency and turning to Christ mm. which is you know the the opposite of holding on to an, an idol yeah yeah absolutely and like you said, you know, Paul is such a great... And ultimately, you know, you have to look at Jesus, too. Jesus had sleepless days. Yeah. And in his humanity, he he also needed sleep. <laughs> you know, you think of him being in the boat in a storm, yeah. and he is out. Right, well, yeah. You know, I, I've heard people talk about that. Like, well, how could Jesus sleep like that? Right. You know, and the reality is he was trusting in the Lord, in, in, in God, because he knew that the Father had all things in his yeah. hands. He has... He's God, right? You know, and, and he's he knows that he's got a lot of work on Earth to do, and he's yeah. not worried about the boat. Right? He knows the, exactly. He, he knows yeah. exactly what's going on. Yeah. You know, and and with Paul, you know, Paul 
Paul, you could say, well, man, he was just a super Christian, but yet he has the same Holy Spirit that we have. There, yeah. There's no, there's no difference in, in in that. We all have the same Holy Spirit, and God's given us the Holy Spirit. And so the reality is, is that we can function in a way that's honoring to and glorifying to God in in any circumstance. Mm. And we need to guard against idols because that's what will keep us from functioning in right. a in a right and godly way when we take those things and we exalt them above God and said, I have to have that. Yeah. I was thinking, I was just writing down here a couple of these idols that we're talking about that, you know, that, that are root level things like I, I need comfort. Yes. You know, if I don't have my comfort, then I Mm -hmm. won't be happy. I need my security. Oh, that's a big that's one. That's a huge one. That is a huge, especially yeah. in this day and age. There's a lot of people that yeah. don't feel very secure and safe, and right. especially as people get older and they see their money, you know, it disappearing, maybe because of the economy, because of markets. You know, they can be sitting there going, "Man, what's going to happen to me?" Yeah. You know, my my money. You know, I'm sitting here in retirement, and my money is just disappearing, and yet. If we're going to, and we need money, right? But if we're going to sit there and we're going to say, I'm not, I can't feel secure unless I have X amount of dollars in the bank. Yeah. Then we've turned that security into an idol because we're no longer trusting in the Lord. What what did, you know, you think, what did Jesus say in Matthew 6? Yeah. You know, that you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and he takes care of your needs. Yeah, and that's that 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 is a, a real trust, you know. I think I'm turning to Matthew six right now because it's such a a great passage, you know. The the heading I have over the that section there is called the cure for anxiety in my Bible, mm. uh, and it's you know you you have things like you don't need to worry about what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you put on. Life is more than food, the body more than clothing. Yes. Look at the birds of the air. They, they, they don't sow, they don't reap, they're not worrying, mm. you know, and yet they're taken care of. That's right. It's like God has built in this ability yeah. of, of these animals. Like he knows how to do that. He knows right. how to take care of the creatures of the field. This, this example here, this is a comfort for us. The Lord knows how to take care of us. And... That- yeah, go ahead. That, that whole passage to me is interesting because when you pop up in the into the previous verses there, verse 24, he says, no one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other or do be devoted to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Yeah. And you know, above that it says, do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. What's he talking about? Idolatry, hard idolatry, really. Yeah. And the things that keep us from depending and trusting in God. And even if you have money, you can still live a life of dependence and trusting God. That's right. Where you're not looking, you're, you're not depending on that money and trusting on that money. You're trusting in God. And, and you're looking to Him and, and saying, you know what? God is the provider of all things. He's provided this money. And if I lose it all, or if it all disappears in the market, or the government takes it all, guess what? God's going to provide for us, and He's going to take care of for, not not the money, hmm. you know. That's that's <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I, I mean, it has nothing to do with whether you have money or don't have money. It has everything to do with where you're putting your trust and whether right. you're turning that thing into an idolatry. And all of the, the, these things are like this, you know, comfort, security. I was thinking of pleasure. 
Yes. You know, it's a, it's a big one in our culture. It is. Whether, you know, you could call that, you know, whether it's sexual, whether it's dietary food, yeah. whatever you find your, your pleasure in, there's a whole, you know, list of things that we can find pleasure in. But every single one of those things can become idolatrous if mm. we set our hope on them. You know, I have to have them in some way, shape, or form to to be content. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think <clears throat> the other side of all of these is you end up with fear if you don't have yes. your comfort, you don't have your security. I can't, That's right. you know, get what I want. Or you have anxiety. Yes. Depression. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not you're not getting these things. Th- those those kind of which you know those emotions, mm-hmm. anger, outbursts of wrath. Right. Those those are signs that there is something ruling in your heart. You know, the, the, we're supposed to let the peace of God rule in us. Mm-hmm. That this is a peace that passes all understanding. That's right. And this is because God is perfect peace. He's perfect. Mm you know, aseity. He he's perfect simplicity. He is fully sufficient. And 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 so when we trust in him, we are we are trusting in, in a God who who is the source mm. of of pure tranquility and pure provision and pure yes. whatever it is that we we need. And he said that he loved us and mm. he's sovereign over us. And that is such a great thought. You know, you think about that and just what it means to really trust in God regardless of of what my circumstances look like. You know, I do want to say this with, with the whole anxiety thing. There's very few cases, th- there can be sometimes a biology behind that, but yeah. it, it, it is linked to, to known, testable yeah. things within the body. Yeah, and, and, and medicine will treat that. It'll take yeah. care of it, right? But that's different from the anxiety that is caused by something. And again, I think you have to go back to the same question again. What is it that I want? Yeah. If I'm anxious about something all the time and something is just grinding on me and I'm perpetually living in a state of anxiety, to stop and ask and go, wait a minute. Yeah. What is it that I want? Or, or maybe what is it that I'm getting that I don't want? Yeah. You know, because that when we start thinking about life in those th- on those levels uh, i think that the lord can really use that to help us understand what the idols are that are functioning in our lives that are causing us to turn away from god and turn to something else or someone else yeah going back to that anxiety thing i remember a couple of years ago we were at a biblical counseling conference in i don't remember with the doctor <laughs> who was doing the presentation, you could probably remember his name, I can't. But he said, if I recall, that 90% of anxiety depression was what was related to, you know, some kind of functioning idolatry. Yeah. And then the rest were biology. And it might have been higher than that, but it was, it was, it was it, 90, 95%, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's way up there. It was way up yes. there. And that was coming from a, a medical doctor who, who he had, he was also a, a biblical counselor, and he had uh, the ability to test mm-hmm. scientifically uh, through medical practice. So that's not, you know, most of the time it's it's not an excuse. So th- this is this is this is good. But how do we? So so there's functioning idols in, in our in our lives, things that we put in the place of God, and we've mentioned already. It can be 
you know, th- things, comfort, security, fear, pleasure. It can be good things like I want my children to to walk with the Lord. That's a, yeah, that's a great right. desire. That's, that's a huge... We should all want that. Huge one in the church. Yes. And uh, I've, seen, I've seen parents do extreme things for that, which on the one hand, you know, that, that, that is a great desire, mm-hmm. but the kind of things I've seen is almost like they can somehow save their children right. in, their, in their own efforts. If they could just line things up right, they could just get them in this place or, or in youth group. You know, or, or mm-hmm. the right youth pastor, or the yes. right school, or the right whatever—like all of these things that you think are going to save your children—and and really, you're kind of stepping in the role of the savior when you do that. Yes, you are. In, in, in often, but you you make a terrible savior. Oh man, we do. Yeah. We're horrible saviors. Yeah, we. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can't do it because we are not God. O- only God can save. Yeah. Only God can save anybody. We we have no power within us to, to say, even in the counseling room. You know, I can, I can show people all the best scriptures in the world to help them with their issues, but I cannot do a a a, a thing to their soul. Yeah, that's always the work of God. Yeah, God does that work, and and that's not what I'm not called to, to counsel people to to a better spot, right? I, I'm called to, in essence, give the Word of God, help people navigate and understand what the Word of God says, then as they take in the Word of God and they digest the Word of God, letting God do His work in their lives to change them, because God is the one who changes them. Yeah. You think of Hebrews 4.12, you know, it's the Word of God that cuts through the what? Thoughts and intents mm-hmm. of the heart. Yeah. And that's exactly what it does. It just cuts right to the thoughts and intents. It says, "Yes, I'm sinning. Yes, I'm. I've made an idol out of this, and now I need to repent." Yeah, and I think that's that's. I remember when I first heard that some years ago, going, "Wait a minute, that that's what? Like that sounds crazy that I can make an idolatry out of wanting my children to walk with the Lord." But I I would say you know this this is not justification for not training up your children in the nourishment and admonition oh, that's of the right. Lord like yes. you you do need to teach them to obey that's right and that would be worthy of a podcast down the road here but uh, I thought I'd throw that out there so with the last few minutes that we have we we've talked about idols what they are some examples of idols how do how do we deal with them how do we how do we get rid of them well, you know, obviously we need to be in the Word, first and foremost, because it's the Word of God that's going to help us diagnose that issue. And other people really coming along beside us and saying, hey, you know, Dan, I, I can see over here that you're really, you know, struggling with this issue here, and this has become an idol for you. And then to, you know, like the Israelites had to do, they had to humbly repent, and they had to turn away from, from those things and turn their hearts back to God. And that's, that is the key, is that you, you turn away from trusting in that thing, you confess it as a sin, and you say, you know what, I'm not going to trust in that, and I'm going to put myself in the Word and surround myself with the Word of God, and I'm going to turn my heart and trust in the Lord for this. Yeah, I, I can't turn over here because that gives me nothing but heartache, but blessed is the man who you know, walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, or stands in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of scornful. His delight is where in the law of the Lord, and then he flourishes like a green tree, even in the heat, in the midst of the summer when the heat is just shining down hard. He's still flourishing because his hope is in the Lord, not in 
not in anything else but the Lord. Right. So yeah, that heat illustration, you can have bad things going on in your life. You can have sleepless nights. That's right. You can have children who have walked away from the Lord. Mm-hmm. You can have football games that are being interrupted <laughs> constantly. Uh, and you can yeah. still flourish That's right. and be fruitful. That's right. And still uh, exemplify Christ-likeness. That's right. And when you do, you are doing that because of God's pruning work, God's sanctifying work in you. It is God yes. who, who who does this. And 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 so, you know, what you're describing is is exactly right. We turn away from our sin and we turn toward Christ. We put off those those bad habits and we put on Christ-likeness, which involves, you know, being in the Word. Yeah. We may have to get rid of some things too. Yeah. You know, you think of, you know, I think of. I was reading in Second Chronicles not too long ago here, and you think of some of these kings that actually were pleasing to the Lord, and they went through and they they destroy idols. They actually destroyed altars. They take idols, they crush them into dust, and sprinkle them in the you know Kidron Valley or whatever. But they actually got rid of of those idols. And Jesus says the same thing. You know, when he says that if your eye offend you, pluck it out, hmm. you know, it, or if your arm, your hand offend you, cut it off. Hmm. And Jesus is saying the same thing. He's saying there are times when you may actually need to get rid of something. Hmm. Maybe if I'm always irritated whenever I get interrupted watching football, then maybe what I need to do is... Get rid of the kid. <laughs> yeah, get rid of the kid. No, get rid of the TV. <laughs> oh, the TV. Get rid of the TV. Oh, okay. stop, watching, yeah. stop watching football on Sundays and... And do something with your kids. Yeah, you that, know? that's such a good point because I think what what you're saying is that 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 football game has gotten to the to the level of idolatry now. Yeah. And if it's gotten to the level of idolatry, that that's like you know that should be like kryptonite. You know, like yeah. that that's like poison. That's a good sign that maybe you need to stop watching football. Yeah, it is. And I, really you know, I, I counsel people like this. It's, there's nothing wrong with, you know, say, you know, your kids involved in sports or, which, which is a big one in our culture. Yes. There's nothing wrong with sports. Right. But when it controls everything you do and it yeah. controls your family and it controls your schedule and it keeps you from, you know, being in the word, your kids being in the word, or, or, or you could, you know, you can control your emotions right, right. in the game. Right. Emotions, like how you act. Yes. I mean, there's so many things you, you, you could do. Any, any kind of obsession, and I think that part of parenting is watching your kids and, and like not feeding obsessions that, that could be that could become idolatry because you don't want you don't want competition for, for, for the ultimate goal, which is to feed them Christ right. and, the, and the Word of God. And that's kind of a base operating that we've always done, you know, for, for our family. We kind of when we started seeing things become obsessions, we're like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, you know we need we need to, we need to back off now. Yes, because our kids in particular they can't handle that. Yes, you know their affections have turned their, their turned affections. towards that right. instead of God, and they they have no desire for God, but they have every desire for right. that. Right. Yes, and I think that's very practical. They're, you know, your affections are like like the, they're indicators. Yes, of what's going on in your heart. The thing that you love is the thing that you worship. In in many ways, I mean, it's not. Just because you love someone doesn't mean you worship it, but but with with an obsessive kind of love, where you find yourself getting angry and you don't get it, or willing to sin, as you said, that's right. You don't get it. Those are things that that need to be 
cut off. Yeah, you know, those are it's, it's interesting because those are things that that you really have to work through, and if you can't work through it, then you cut it off. Yeah. And you know, I, just personally, just to give a little testimony of my own life, and in the I've been always been a, a competitive guy. Can't imagine that's, that. That's can you? Uh, that's shocking. <laughs> I what? I know competitive. <laughs> and uh, sometimes that competition has gotten the best of me in terms uh-huh. of, you know, I get angry or whatever, especially like one-on-one competition. And, and you, you know, mean like when I, when I smoked you on the basketball court a few months ago? You know, <laughs> I, I could see you. <laughs> that, that was, was on was, Fantasy Island, yeah, wasn't it? Right. <laughs> uh, I actually think it was the opposite. <laughs> no, anyway, that was, that was fun. Yeah. But that being said, I, you know, I, one of the things I had to do was a personal growth project when I was working through this. And one of my, that was my personal growth project of mm. working on that because, you know, like sometimes I'd be out playing disc golf or whatever, and I'd start getting mad when I wasn't hitting my shots. And so I had to boil it down to, well, what is really driving that anger? Is it that I miss a shot? You know, it's not just that I miss a shot. It's, it's really that I want you to worship me as the best disc golf player hmm. out there. You know, I want you at the end of the day to say, Dan is such the disc golfing man. Did you see yourselves in, in, in light standing there at the last, <laughs> you know, disc golf yes. Exactly. goal and, and, and everybody cheering it yeah. exactly wow. so that so then when i'm playing people you know especially people that i'm competitive with right and that that starts to come up i have to go wait a minute dan you are not god yeah. there is only one god and god alone is to be worshiped and and one of the things that i'm trying to do and you know in my own sometimes even you know throwing by myself i can start getting a little upset sometimes i was going wait a minute why, why are you out here you're here to honor and glorify god so Thank God for the good shots. Thank God for the bad shots. They always could have been worse, yeah. <laughs> you know. And and seek to honor and glorify God in 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 everything that I that you're doing. And so, you know that that's an area where we can we can be challenged with because the the reality is is that when you come into a situation like that, we have to recognize it for what it is. And if if even if you're you, you've got your favorite football team and you go out and throw a fit because they lost, the question is why are you throwing that fit? Yeah. Because you want everyone to worship your team, your God, your God. Right. You want everyone to worship your God. And now everyone's mocking your God on, yeah, you know, on ESPN. Oh, they're horrible, right? right. You know, and so, so yeah, it's an, it's an issue of of where are my affections, and then, you know, am I dealing with those affections? Am I calling it sin? And what is it that's really behind that sin? You know, what is it that I really want? Do I, do I want to be worshipped? And, and frankly, a lot of times people do. People do want to be worshipped. They, they, they want themselves to be lifted up and exalted and glorified over God, whether they would call that that or not, by their performance, or they want people to think well of them. And so that's what becomes... Right, that, know, that obsession. The, that, that obsession becomes yeah. the important thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh. So putting it off or cutting it off sometimes. But the, you know, in all of this, we have this great hope that there is no obsession, no sin pattern, no, whether we're talking anger or lust, you know, whether we're talking pornography or, you know, somebody who just blows up all the time or, or this obsessive desire to control, which just wreaks havoc on marriages. It does or you know gaslighting or whatever like there is there is hope for every single one of those people mm-hmm. who have made an idol out of right. something or another 
and and that hope is the the ultimately the power of the Spirit of God at work mm-hmm. in us, in the sanctifying work of, of God. It is God who does it. Yes. It is God who works in us both to will and to do. That's right. That's and, right. And and so there's th- this is what motivates us. You know, while while the rest of the world, you know, it, it, they, they go to their their drugs hoping that there's some kind of quick fix. And, and whether that's actual, you know, drugs on the street or pharmaceuticals or or you know <clears throat> whatever it is. You know, they go to their their therapists. They mm-hmm. go to and all that stuff just kind of gets dragged on and on. And certain there, there's sometimes you can find some success in in, in in different levels in 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 that world. But but there is a promise that if we are in Christ, we will be sanctified. Mm. Yeah. And this is this is the promise. This is, we have That's a right. hope. That's right. We do. And so it doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what the sin is. Uh, there is power. I was reading a book recently, and and I have a terrible memory for titles and names, so I I can't remember what it was. But he was saying in there that that there, you know he gave these principles for putting off sin, but then but then he, he that the the ultimate conclusion is it is a work of the spirit. That's right. And the best tool we have is meditating on the Word of God in prayer. That's right. Dwelling in the Word of God, abiding in Christ mm-hmm. through His Word. Yes. And prayer, and then and then by faith, living out what we're seeing there, like choosing to respond in faith to what that's right we're seeing, and and, and then in that the there, there's real change. Yes. So yeah, that's our only source of hope. You know, there's this there's this interesting um, poem here that's written by Jeff Jeffrey Bethke. He's a I don't know he's a guy who talks in with kind of like rap talks. Okay. <laughs> that. But he says idols over promise and under deliver. If you, if you don't, if your idols don't, if you don't crush your idols, your idols will crush you. Yeah. We've all traded in the creator for something created. An idol is something that we look at and say, if I have that, I'll have meaning. An idol is dead. It doesn't live. An idol takes and it never gives. And, and Christ is the absolute opposite of all those. 100% the opposite. You know, if we trust in Christ, we will be delivered. You know, we trust in Christ, we're not going to continue to struggle under the weight of the sins that have beset us because we're pressing on, you know, like in uh, Hebrews 12 there. Mm-hmm. You know, Christ, we, we, we trust in the Creator instead of the created, and we're going to be victors mm-hmm. in, in life. We're not going to be walking around defeated, which is what happens when we put our trust in idols, because you can't win. You, you, they, they, I like what he says, they over-promise and under-deliver. Yeah, you oh, look, that's so true. Look at Satan. He over-promises, yeah. oh, you're going to be like God, just yeah. take this. And totally, what did she yeah. get? She got a life of misery yeah. and got to see her son die, you yeah. know, because her other son killed him. Yeah. That, what, you know, what does she trade off? It yeah. Totally underdelivered in yeah. every facet, and so, you know, and, and Christ always delivers. He always delivers. Yeah. He, he never fails. Which yeah, he's he can't. <laughs> That's right. And you know, Eve <laughs> traded. <laughs> it it was a it was a, a terrible trade off. Oh, it was. Uh, but you know, right after the promise in Genesis three fifteen that there would be a one who would come yes. and crush the head of the serpent. That's right. That you know that promise of Christ, Adam. Does his cool 
beautiful thing and he he renames his wife and he calls her Eve. Yes. Which is mother of the living. The living. Which is just like it's mm. completely unexpected. Yes. Right? How is she the mother of the living? She should be mother of the dead. Yeah. Because what you see yeah. in in the byproduct of of that trade-off is death. Mhm. And it just goes from bad to worse. You get to Genesis 6 where it's just like we're just going to wipe everyone out. <laughs> With yeah. blood. It's horrible. Yes. Yeah. Except for Right, except for Noah from Grace. Yes. Because Eve is the mother of the living. The living. And and yes. and the and you know, she believed that promise. And Adam believed that promise that there was hope in it in his name. We you know, hmm. his name is Jesus. That's right. Yeah. And what what a what a privilege we have. Yes, it is. It really and, is. It's it's really just amazing to to be able to, you know, call him Savior and Lord. Yeah. Because he is. Yep. Yep. He he will sanctify us and he is the vine, we are the branches. Yes. And he's he's constantly causing us to grow into fruitfulness. So, so abide abide in the vine. Abide in the and vine. And little children, right. keep yourselves from idols. Keep yourself from idols. Yeah. All right. That's good. This has been good. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Yeah, it's been good. Yes, it's uh, been good. Thank you. All right, as I said, this is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Visalia. And if you are not part of our church, you can come Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. or Sunday at 6 and check us out. Until next time.